It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to It's Just Football. Trevor Sykema and back by popular demand. My good friend Seth Galena here joining me to co-host this journey with me as we talk about plenty of different things. We're going to highlight our Dogs of the Week, something that you guys absolutely love that I can't wait to hear from yours, the regular season finale. We're going to talk about the head coaching vacancies that are now open after Black Monday is finished on this Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit about what was the worst national championship of all time last night, but we'll just get into plenty of action when it comes to college football, NFL stuff. Seth, how are we feeling this morning, my friend? I'm feeling good. Feeling great. I tried my best not to uh, watch any of the game last night because uh, I think we all knew that this was probably a very large probability of what uh, of a blowout, and that's what happened. And uh, I also just like not a big fan of Georgia as a as a fan of a team uh, also in the SEC, like as you are. <laughs> Uh, um, you're even even probably less of a fan of Georgia than probably, I am. So probably, probably, Seth. Didn't want to watch it, dude. It was. Uh, I I figured that Georgia was going to win this game. I uh, bet Georgia to cover thirteen and a half. Oh boy, did they ever! Um, what I didn't think was I didn't think that Georgia was going to cover the over under of sixty one and a half by themselves. Didn't think that one was going to happen. I, you guys have been talking in the chat already before the show started talking about some bets that you didn't place. Uh, Daniel says at one point the live bet for TCU was plus 25 and a half and he's like, thank God I didn't bet it. I think I saw Eli, which I'll get. let's get the production portal guys into the show right now. We've got Sav, Eli, and Quinn there with us. Eli, was it you who said you had an eight-leg parlay? Yes, sir. And the only one that didn't hit was... Was an alt uh, 225 yards, Max Duggan. I had both of Stetson's overpassing yards, Georgia like minus six, Duggan anytime, and Bowers anytime. And then the only thing that didn't hit was a Duggan over 225, which I was like, that's a lock. Especially when they were down by so much. I was like, oh, they're going to air it out. So I had a four-leg parlay last night. It was the under on 61 and a half because I thought Georgia was going to kill them and they weren't going to get to 61 and a half. Uh, Georgia did kill them, but they got uh, over, as you guys saw. I had the TCU or Georgia covering 13 and a half. I had Stetson Bennett over rushing yards, which was like 13. I was like, all right, this is easy money. And then I was like, Max Duggan over 35 and a half rushing yards. Easy. Of course it's going to happen. He's going to be running for his life. He's going to pick up those yards. Seth. I will let you know here on this show, Max Duggan, because sacks count for rushing yards in college football, got negative 38 rushing yards last night. So, that well, if you take out the first the first symbol, he he covered. You got it. Yeah, he covered it. He covered it. But wanted to share my pain with you guys there of what was the worst national championship uh, that I have ever seen. Quinn, I want to get back to you. Fantastic Costco sweater, my friend. Thanks. Look at that. Dripper skip day. That I it, told you, uh, I think I told you drip. after the live show on Monday that I was going to wear it for dripper skip. And you had to. Trying to get in And you had to make it happen. I, for, I forgot to mention that we're also doing dripper skip at the end of the, end of the show, which we absolutely are. But, uh, Quinn, do we have a question of the day here to get yeah, started? Yeah, we do. We're switching back to the NFL. Okay. We're done with college. Uh, playoffs, obviously, this weekend. 
How many teams in NFL history have made the playoffs with a losing record? Ooh. Well said. Wow. I know that you unfortunately well, I mean, just I know one you don't have to name the team. For sure is the Seahawks in 2010 yep. because they beat the Saints on the Marshawn Lynch touchdown run yep. where he uh, held his genitals while leaping into the end zone. Come on, it's family show. All right, so that's one. Um, the Tampa Bay and Buccaneers I believe there are was another. One in, with, like, from that time, I think, oh, it, um, Washington losing to the Bucks. Yep. Happened two years ago. Yeah. So immediately off the top of my head, I feel like there's three or four. We just named three. Tampa this year, Washington two years ago, Seattle in 2010. I think there's one other one. That I'm I, I just think like the fact that we the three off the top of our heads were that easy. Yeah. I believe that there's probably one more that we that that like none of us know. But like I would bet that there's one more, if that makes sense. Like I don't know that I don't know the answer. I just know that there's one more somewhere out there. In the history of the NFL, there's gotta be one more. At least one more. I think at yeah. least one more. John's saying four. Philip's saying three. I think it's more than three. Daniel's saying five. Cole was saying six. Daniel was saying that I, it was six as of this year. So. Wow. I, I want to say that the first, the only team to win is the Seahawks. Yeah. Some, Gokul's saying Panthers. A lot of people are saying Panthers as well. When did the. Did Panthers make the playoffs under 500? I don't remember. I don't remember this. Yeah, I don't. I. I you know, Curtis besides Allen, the, Curtis Allen said the Panthers were I, seven, eight, and one one year. Mm. Matt Weber said the Commanders went seven and nine back in like 2013. So we might be at like five or six. I think I think we might be at five or six. We'll have to save what yeah. our final guess is going to be. See if we can think of some other ones. Tough to win, though, as you'll find out on Monday. Tough to win in the playoffs with a losing record. Uh, not, for, not for Tom Brady. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It's guaranteed. He, he's never <laughs> lost to the Cowboys. It's not going to start now. What do you think? His last yeah. game of his career might be a loss to the Cowboys? No. Oh, come on. Well, it's his last game as a Buccaneer before he becomes a New Orleans Saint. Oh, okay. All right. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Of all of the crazy Tom Brady fantasies, I don't think that that one is going to come true. All right. Well, uh, we'll think about that a little bit. It seems like the chat's honing in on six as their number, which I, I, I if it is six, I want to see uh, what all the teams were, see which ones we forgot. All right. So, look, there's gonna, there's a lot of movement in the NFL right now. Yeah, obviously, but playoff seeding solidified we've got the nfl draft being solidified at least the order for the non-playoff teams we've also got some teams that are in flux with their leadership we've got head coaching vacancies that have opened up some general manager vacancies that are open up and right now we have five head coach openings we've got the carolina panthers the indianapolis colts the arizona cardinals the houston texans and the denver broncos we don't officially have the Los Angeles Rams yet, although that one could also become available. There's rumors that Sean McVay might be stepping away. So I figure, why not rank them? We love to do that on the show. We love ranking stuff. We love to put our takes really in a linear test, if you will. So Seth, I'm going to start with you. We'll talk about these situations individually. We'll go back and forth plenty, but I would love to hear of these five head coach openings, what's the ranking of most desirable to least desirable 
in your opinion. Chat, let us know yours as well. But Seth, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, so I went with the Cardinals first because well, I went, so I went Cardinals, Panthers, Colts, Texans, Broncos. And I went Cardinals first just because of the quarterback situation there. Okay. Now, obviously, ACL injury to Kyler Murray. He won't start next season, most likely. But at the end of the day, he is out of this group. He is the best quarterback that you are going to have. He is, you know, even if these teams out there have, you know, high draft picks or whatever, they don't know what they're going to get from a quarterback they drafted. We know what we're going to get from Kyler Murray, and that is potential for literally MVP level play. And we've seen it before. This year was horrible. They were bad. Uh, basically, at every level of the field, they were bad. But this is a team that's made the playoffs before. This team that has been on big winning streaks, that has won a lot of games. So I think you put yourself in a situation where you have the quarterback, you have some pieces, obviously with DeAndre Hopkins, who you're assuming isn't going to miss another six games with a, with a, like a PED suspension again. So I really like this team as a number one choice. Man. Also, <laughs> I don't know if you guys talked about it when it happened, but have you heard the rumor? The... Uh, unsubstantiated rumor i will say mm -hmm. that alleged so the cardinals fired their o-line coach sean kugler yes in mexico basically when yes. they were playing there yes and then the rumor was that it was a a mistaken identity case uh-huh where because him and steve kime kind of look alike uh-huh where something happened i don't know what happened and then this person misidentified Steve Kime as Sean Coogler. So they fired Sean Coogler and then they realized their mistake later and now they fired Steve Kime as well. Mm. So, and Sean Coogler is like, has like a lawsuit or something. I don't know. I really, so you're, so you're, really so you're, so you're just in it rumors. for the conspiracy theory. You're just, you're, you're conspiracy. in on the Cardinals because it's a conspiracy theory. Cardinals yeah. are hard knocks, aren't they? So didn't, are they, they didn't, weren't the cameras already? Basically everywhere uh, for the years. All, all footage has been deleted, of course. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody's gonna get it from TMZ. That's just that's that's how it, <laughs> that's that's how it always works. But I, man, okay. Let's start with I'll start with the Cardinals because, uh, and I know I'm probably the the graphics guys behind the scenes are like you're going in the wrong order on on how we can get the graphics up. But <laughs> I have the Cardinals last. I have the Cardinals last in my desirable teams because. I do hear some of the positives, certainly, of what you were saying. If Kyler Murray comes back and is fully healthy, you do then have a quarterback. Like, that's the most important piece, no doubt about it. And if your head coach coming in with Kime stepping away or them firing him, I can't remember which one was official. I think that they officially said that he was stepping away. You're going to get a new general manager as well. So you hope that that connection, that relationship there, whether they hire a head coach first or whether they hire a general manager first, I would say that it's normally safer to have the structure of hiring a general manager first and then a head coach you hope that the structure there is good but man the, the rest of this Cardinals roster I think sucks especially where it matters most in both trenches on the offensive line and the defensive line they're like they're just not where they need to be and they have a lot of money in different areas like with DeAndre Hopkins and some of the skill position players but they're just really bad in the trenches and so it feels like the Cardinals are going to be a while before they're good in the trenches again for that stuff to matter and when I look at Kyler Murray's situation, not only is he coming off of an injury where he's probably going to miss most of, if not all, of next year anyways, he's going to be 27 years old next year, and next year starts that big contract that he signed. So starting next year, he's 27 years old, and he might not even play the whole time. He, he'll be $51 million on the cap. 
The next year, he'll be 28 years old. He'll be $45 million on the cap. Then it goes to 55 Then it goes to 43 So it's like, will the Cardinals not be good, basically, until Murray is 29, 30 years old with two more years left on that contract? And it can still all work out on that timeline. It's just tough knowing you're paying a quarterback so much money to really not be good. So I actually have the Cardinals last I have them number five but what do you, I what, do you any response to that any response to that that I brought up there no I have no response oh wow okay all right great well no, uh, I, I think um I, I think you're probably right and obviously I'm not looking at this from like oh who like who who could come in and make the playoffs in 2023 and that I, I would say certainly not the Cardinals I, I'm probably interested in in Kyler Murray as he gets older playing in a different system it'll be completely different playing under whoever is the new head coach whoever is the new play caller and 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 scheme designer there going from Cliff Kingsbury it was such a unique offense for the NFL in terms of everything in terms of play concepts in terms of how they communicated the plays how they huddled all that stuff so I think interested to see how that goes forward so no I agree with you I think there's some I think you're maybe underrating some players, but I do agree that generally this is not a great roster. And especially in the trenches, you're probably going to lose Rodney Hudson again. Mm-hmm. Offensive line is, is not good. Uh, so I, I understand that. You lose J.J. Watt, who's still playing at a pretty high level. Mm-hmm. But I think the secondary is not bad. has some pieces that are good. So I, I agree with you that it's not a short-term thing, but I do think Kyler Murray going forward is still going to be a top quarterback, I think. So that, that's where it is, right? It's like, I believe Kyler Murray is still going to be a top quarterback, yeah. even when he's 28, 29, 30. So this is pretty, this is. is pretty polarizing here. I didn't think that this one was going to be so polarizing. Obviously, I had them last place. I had them, I had them fifth in my rankings, but like Cole has Arizona as the, as the top team there. Um, couple other people have Arizona either number one or number two, and I think a lot of them agree with you. It's because of the quarterback position. It really is just in the eye of the beholder how you are viewing that Kyler Murray situation. So I'll, I'll just say my list, and, and I'll refresh yours. We can kind of go back and forth here. I have the Panthers at number one. The Panthers, as long as you're okay with how active it feels like David Tepper and just the Tepper family is involved in the football decision-making. Like, as long as you are okay with having a hands-on owner, the rest of Carolina's situation checks out. They've got a top 10 pick right now. They're going to be, they're going to have a chance to jump up in the draft if they want to go get their, to go get a franchise quarterback. If they don't want to sit back and get, you know, QB3, QB4, whoever it is in this class. The defense is young, and I think the defense is really nice. They still do have DJ Moore. They've got some good running backs. The offensive line played really great down the stretch, especially for what their reputation and production was early in the season. So I think all of those building blocks are there for Carolina. Like, I look at Carolina as a team where if you get a Bryce Young, if you get a CJ Stroud, this team becomes competitive, especially with it feels like Tom Brady leaving the division next year. Carolina could easily win the NFC South. They could easily slingshot themselves into success if they go get the right quarterback and young quarterback to invest in. And I think that lines up really well with their winning window. So as long as you're okay with a hands-on owner, which I know can sometimes complicate a lot of things, I like Carolina's spot at all. Where did you have Carolina? Do you have Oh, you had him. I think you had him second, right? What do you think about yeah, Carolina's so, situation? Yeah, so in, in, at the end of the day, it's in a, in a sense, we're in the same place there. Obviously, the Cardinals thing were different, but like we have, we both think highly of the situation in Carolina for the same reasons you mentioned. And I even think this is potential 
<laughs> I shouldn't say this because they've tried this already, but it is potential for a guy like <laughs> Don't a mid tier quarterback to do it. And I know I shouldn't say it, but like you saw a little bit of success with Sam Darnold. Obviously, they've tried this with, with Baker. It didn't work. Darnold really didn't work. Over the two years, Darnold didn't work. I mean, we can look at four games at the end of the season and say it worked, but over the span of his time in Carolina, it didn't work. You know, P.J. Walker, you know, veteran guys. Like, I, you think you think it could work again if they went out and even though even if they drafted a quarterback and still signed some veteran guy out mm -hmm. there, I, I don't know who it could be, Andy Dalton, something like that. I don't know. But I think it could work. Like you said, the team is has a lot of really nice pieces. And you, maybe, you know, maybe you even go sign a veteran quarterback. Um, I don't know if you take a receiver to pair up um, with more uh, – to 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 kind of have give you a real passing attack the running game was really good by the end of the season even without christian mccaffrey so i i like the spot that they're in like you said for me why there were two instead of one was really just tepper like we just don't know what his involvement right. is right what his decision making process is like if he, he hasn't made a good decision yet so that's why I had him at number two. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that we see that kind of similarly. I have I have the Colts at two for kind of similar reasons with Carolina, although I think that Carolina is a little bit better because they're a team picking in the top 10. They need a quarterback, and I think the rest of their roster is young. And so the winning window that you would have along with your quarterback's like rookie contract I think would line up really well to everybody kind of being in their prime, let's say uh, – I don't know about prime. I probably shouldn't have used that. But, like, everybody playing well on the team in year two or three of you getting whatever quarterback you're going to draft this year. That's how I kind of feel with Carolina. But I also feel pretty similarly about Indianapolis. Indianapolis has some nice pieces as well to where, you know, they're picking number four. They've got an even stronger chance to go get a major difference-making quarterback. And if you do that, it's kind of the same situation. Really, this boils down to the same thing. Are you okay with Ursay? Because it seems like Ursay is going to be somebody who's very heavily involved with what's going on. And I feel like it's the same thing with David Tepper. So these are two very similar situations, I think, in Indianapolis. It's just, are you okay with where the ownership is? Uh, you had the Colts at third, so they were pretty close to me. Do you see that situation the same? Or what's your thoughts on Indianapolis? Yeah, and I think that I was super high on indies to start this season so that might be clouding my judgment you and i had them winning I kind of, the afc south because somebody posted a graphic of preseason and says seth galena indianapolis colts said trevor sigma indianapolis colts and i was like thank you for that reminder definitely needed yeah. that today thank you I, I i just talking about the colts this season i just didn't there was no way i would have believed that matt ryan's arm would fall off basically <laughs> And the offensive line would be bad. Because I think the thing we saw was like, okay, Matt Ryan still has some high-level play in him. And he's going going to go behind an offensive line that he really had, didn't have for the last few years in Atlanta. And not, none of, neither of that happened. Yeah, right. So clearly this team is not at all like we thought it would be. And like you said, you hit on a quarterback at four, everything's good. Mm -hmm. I do think Ursay has made some good decisions in the past up until – Jeff Saturday, who might be their head coach next year. So no, no, can't. Yeah, he came concern. out today and said that Saturday is a legit candidate. So yeah, so that's um, 
that would be my little bit of uh, an issue. Obviously, look, head coach can still make some good hires, let the OC who he hires, the DC who he hires, the position coaches do their job and he can still end up in a good spot. But they also don't, you know, receiver play has been mid. Defense is generally mid. Like I said, offensive line, Matt Pryor, really, really bad at left tackle this year. That's yeah. kind of why they were, as a whole, they were bad. Quentin Nelson not ha- did not have his best season. No, so it's like, just not. like, it's just not as good as I, as I want to believe it is. And so you're in a position where you got to hit on the quarterback, which is like, you don't want to be in a position where you got to hit on the quarterback. But they're, but at least offense. but at least they have the resources to maybe be able to do it right. It's better than a uh, like a Washington Commanders right where they're not even picking in the top ten. And it's like all right, we got to hit on a quarterback, and it just makes it a lot more difficult. I think the Jets are in the similar situation, right? Barely miss out on the playoffs. They're picking later in the draft. They basically just need a quarterback. But how do you how do you hit on that? It makes it a little bit more difficult. I did want to move on to the Broncos. I have the Broncos at number three. You have the Broncos at number five. I just realized that we probably have these situations flipped with how you saw Arizona and how I see the Denver Broncos because I'm in the camp where, yeah, Russell Wilson was downright terrible this year. But if you get the right head coach in there, let's say they go get Sean Payton, right? Like, let's say let's say they hit the dream come true, they go get Sean Payton, and Sean Payton, as an incredible offensive-minded head coach, figures it out with Russell Wilson. Well, if he does... This team makes the playoffs next year. You know, like this this whole roster for the Denver Broncos is really damn good. And so that's why I think I had to put them at number three. Yeah, the Russell situation's bad. Yeah, it's easy to really criticize it. But like if it gets turned around, everything is there. They need to upgrade the offensive line a little bit. But, you know, you're getting Javante Williams back. The defense is still great. Like... That's why I, I put the Denver Broncos at number three. There's not a lot of flexibility, but there's still a lot of promise that, that exists with the roster as it uh, is right here. So I had him at three. You had him at five. Talk to me about the Denver Broncos. I agree with you. Really good roster in a lot of the different positions. It really comes down to what do I believe is the future for Russell Wilson? And we're talking about a quarterback who's in his mid, mid to late 30s now. I, I, I'm going to look up his age as I talk, but... I, I think this is it. This is who Russell Wilson is now. And I think we, mm. so he, he'll be 34 next, 35 next season, 34 right now, just turned 34. He'll be 35 in the middle of next season. It's, it kind of, you don't change at this point in your career. In fact, you probably don't change really that much over the course of your career. And now at 30, you know, 34, 20, 35, like it was bad. The accuracy was really bad. I think that, to me, is the main thing where I think it could change. There really is a split there from Russell Wilson before his finger injury last year in Seattle that caused him to miss some games to from that when he came back in the middle of last season to all of this season where his accuracy just fell off. So I think potentially he figures that out and then you're okay. But everything else about Russell Wilson, and just I don't know if that's going to continue to uh, all, all the his play style that led him to all the success. I just don't see it continuing on at this age. The mobility, the deep ball throwing, I, I just don't see it. Mm. So that's kind of where I am. And then you're stuck with him. Right. right. That's, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, if, if this was a, a shorter contract, you know, you look at the Matt Ryan situation, like very different in terms of the contract length and the contract amount. 
but you're you are stuck with him for however long again like the defenses should be still really good uh you know you're hoping they keep their defensive coordinator zero uh Ivero, who's really good a lot yeah. of good players there receiving core like you said running backs really good so a lot of things to like i just like i don't know where russell wilson is and i don't have a high expectation going forward uh, uncle dusty said he's more optimistic about the broncos i know there's some people this is again it's split a lot of people are saying hey you can't believe in russell wilson anymore and if you do this is the worst situation possible like if you don't believe russell wilson is salvageable what he's going to cost in that cap space, how the good players are just going to trickle out from Denver because they're not going to be able to retain him. You're basically going to have to reset a winning window anyways once you can move on from Russ's contract. Like It's it, it's going to get really bad in Denver if he can't be fixed. But if he can, then the rest of the stuff is there. They have put together a really good roster. So um, we'll see. Last thing, last thing that we didn't talk about, I have the Houston Texans at four. You also had the Houston Texans at four. There are a handful of people who believe that Houston was the number one situation because of the draft picks that they have. They've got two top 12 draft picks. Uh, one of them is at number two overall. They are they clearly understand where they are. They are in a rebuild, and they want to rebuild that roster. So it's an all-in thing. It doesn't seem like there's going to be unrealistic or wavering expectations for the Texans. What do you think about him, though? I, I had him. I had him low at number four. You had them low at number four. So, what's your thoughts with this situation overall? I think a part of it is obviously just not a lot of good players on this roster. They will have draft picks. We know that they're going to get draft picks back from the Cleveland trade as well. So there, there's there's potential there. I think as a franchise, them going back to back firing first year head coaches is not a good look. Yeah them you know the rumors about them wanting to hire um josh mcnown like without any head coaching experience like that's not a good look so i think that's where i am with like where they are as a franchise i want to see them be competent right that's it's it's just been a long time you know even having deshaun watson in, in and having some good years it just never felt like they were a competent franchise so that's where i am with them it's just I, I like, like, why would you want to go there if you are a head coach candidate, mm-hmm. a top one? Obviously, a head coach in the NFL is going to garner a lot of interest, but it's like, would a Sean Payton go there? No. Right? Like, if you're like right. the, one of the top guys who's sought after, would, would a Harbaugh go there? The, the health of this franchise is very, very odd. I am hope, hopeful for New Jersey's. Oh. Are they I think they are going to announce new jerseys this offseason because huh? they've never changed their jerseys in their in their history. That would change my opinion about things. Of course. It has to. Yeah. That's really the only thing that I care about. Look good play. I didn't even, you know, if I, I didn't even factor new jerseys going into this. Maybe I'd bump them up over the Broncos. Maybe I'd put them at three. Just to know that yeah. they are they're, they're wiping the slate clean. It's new jerseys. It's new look, new me. They got the draft picks now. No, but in all seriousness, I do see it similarly to you. They have the draft capital, and I think it, it is tempting anytime you have that draft capital that they got from the Watson trade to really feel like, oh, yeah, as head coach, you can mold this roster however you want. You can, but, yeah, the culture in Houston has not been good, certainly going back to um, Bill O'Brien's time there. And even you know, when Bill O'Brien was in charge, and it's almost like they gave him Bill Belichick kind of control over that roster, and it just felt very... Uh, much like a, a dictatorship with the head coaches having too much power over what was going on. And it's just, you're right. It has not seemed like a healthy situation 
a healthy franchise in a long time. So that's what we think. That That's where we had these five head coach vacancies ranked. Seth said the Cardinals at number one. He had the Panthers at two, the Colts at three, the Texans at four, and the Broncos at five. I had the Panthers situation at one, the Colts at two, Broncos at three, if they can figure it out with Russ, Texans at four, and then the Cardinals at five. Uh, any other words about any of these? Uh... Well, actually, before we move on, if we threw L.A. in there, would L.A. be in the top half or in the bottom half of your list? That's an interesting situation just because of Stafford's health. You right. feel okay with Stafford, but that roster is not good right now. No, no. And I feel like it they're old. It's really not a good roster. I, they'd be in the bottom half for me, for sure. They would yeah, be I think half. that's the thing. Okay. I will also add this is important for me. And for the rest of us, New Orleans Saints fans, ah uh, yes, the getting a pick, getting a pick for Sean Payton, oh. and that's the issue with the Broncos and Sean Payton. It's like they don't have a first round pick this year. Yes, they do. So they have Miami's back into the first round. Remember they traded Bradley Chubb. Okay, that I never. That don't talk to me about. Don't talk to me about late round. But late what do you think they're gonna get for Sean Payton? Not, I need a top. They're not gonna get a top ten buddy. pick for Sean Payton. It's not gonna happen. That's the only thing I care about. What do you think? Like the Texans are going to give you two overall for Sean Payton? The only thing I care about is the the Saints getting good draft picks back because the Saints are gonna, the Saints need draft picks right yeah, now. They do. So that's All the right. only thing I care about. All right, thank you for giving us that pipe dream. That's never going to happen. Um, let's move on. Let's get into uh, one of everybody's favorite segments here on this show. It's Tuesday, which means it is time for Dogs of the Week. And I'm not going to forget the intro. Dog. He gets after it. He's a dog. Dog. He scored five touchdowns. Dog. He's a dog. Uh, He's a dog. He is a dog. Absolutely. Seth, who is your first dog of the week from week 18, the regular season finale in the NFL? Who you got? Kendall Fuller, cornerback. Nice. Washington Commanders. Nice. What's the... mascot name the washington hot toddies the, the washington no it's Tutters. like it's like uh it's like i think it's general tutty is that what it was that's it, it that's it general it, was tutty. it was it i think that's it <laughs> i'm trying to major tutty major tutty major is tutty. is the mascot's name that is embarrassing but was not what was not embarrassing was kendall fuller who on back-to-back plays Dak Prescott late on his read, late getting to his receiver. Mm-hmm. Kendall Fuller breaks on the ball, dives in front of it, gets his hands on it, drops it. Would have been a pick six. The very next play, jumps an out route, takes it back to the house. Wow. Had two really good forced incompletions as well. Like you see, 93.2 grade, zero completions against on seven targets. Holy cow. And, just an incredible day by Kendall uh, Kendall Fuller. The almost back-to-back pick sixes, but uh, at least he got one. Wow. That's super impressive. Zero completions against on seven targets is super impressive. You don't, you also, you don't always get redemption that quickly. So it's nice to hear a redemption story that just is able to, boom, make up for your mistakes. You're able to move on um, and, uh, and, and make things happen. Okay, my first dog of the week. You guys have already been saying it in the chat. I'm looking at the chat, looking at some of the early shout-outs for dog of the week. But uh, have to agree with you here. It's Buffalo Bills, utility player, kick returner extraordinaire. 
Naheem Hines. I had to give my first dog of the week to Hines, if nothing else, but for giving us an unbelievable moment this past weekend where it was the first play for the Buffalo Bills since all of the emotion that they have gone through with the DeMar Hamlin situation and what happens, the ball gets in Naheem Hines' hands and he takes that open kickoff back for a touchdown. It was just such an incredibly beautiful moment and not only that, he did it later in the game too. Those two kick returns for touchdown weren't just, oh, what a cool story, what a nice story. They were critical for them beating the New England Patriots that day, locking up the two seed, making sure they get some home games in Buffalo during the uh, the postseason run. He's only the 11th player in NFL history with two kickoff return touchdowns in the same game, and he is the first in over a decade when Leon Washington did it in week three of 2010. So just a, an incredible moment, but even more so than that, an impactful one for the game, for the result, getting Buffalo where they want in the uh in the playoff standing. So had to give a shout out to Naheem Hines for what had to be the best moment of the weekend. I I, I think here's the issue with this. Mm-hmm. You had first pick. I so did. So you got you got you got first pick. So you're gonna take Naheem Hines. I was gonna take Naheem Hines. I got first pick in okay, this draft. Okay, you know in the what? Dog draft, okay? That's it's fair. That's fair. The people <laughs> needed to know the truth. And that is fair. I submitted my list before you did, so you couldn't pick any of the three guys that I had on there. So Seth clearing his name, making sure that he's blameless, and he wants to make yes. sure that he would have had Naeem Hines on that list. All right, who is your second dog of the week? Rookie tackle for the Seattle Seahawks, Abraham Lucas. Could have said Charles Cross as well. Both had good games. Lucas, zero sacks allowed, zero pressures allowed, zero hits allowed. We even had him at zero pass rush losses so just an incredible day from him and honestly this has been the issue for the Seahawks over this kind of last uh, stretch of the season where they kind of fell behind and kind of sneaked into the playoffs with the their win against the Rams and then the the Lions win against the Packers the two tackles who looked really good at the beginning of the season did not look good during this kind of middle part end of the season they got a good game from both of them. Now, obviously, not a great pass rushing threat from the Rams this late in the season. And Leonard uh, Leonard Floyd's still there, but really no one else. Michael Hoyt is the other pass rusher. But they got the job done. Both of them got the job done. Like you see, the numbers from Lucas were excellent. And if they can keep Geno upright, mm-hmm. going to be a tough test against Bosa and that um, 49ers D-line this weekend. And they haven't had a great success this season against them. But if they can the Seahawks will have a chance this this week. I love it. I love the shout-out. Seattle's rookie class this year has been unreal. Finding two bookend offensive tackles, Tariq Woolen, Kenneth Walker, and getting Boye Mafe in the fold as well. I mean, Kobe Bryant. Like, it's just an unreal draft for the Seattle Seahawks this year that has uh, given Pete Carroll new life, it seems, in his head coaching career as the oldest head coach in the NFL. A lot of people in the chat are shouting out Jamal Williams, 16 carries, 72 yards, two touchdowns, and, of course, an emotional, unforgettable post-game interview where he's just talking about what they've been through this year, the journey that the Lions have been on. So, um People definitely wanted to uh, to shout that one out, so I had to shout that one out. My second one, I'm going to down to Jacksonville. The Jaguars, when they were playing the Tennessee Titans, Arden Key, man, your guy, LSU guy, is really playing some good football right now. This past week against the Titans, 89.9 overall grade, 79.3 pass rush grade, seven pressures, three QB hits, and a 36.8 pass rush win percentage 
guy was all over the field, man. I love how Jacksonville is using their defensive line. They're putting guys in a lot of different situations. They're very fluid with where they align Arden Key, with where they align Josh uh, Josh Allen, what they're doing with Trayvon Walker. There's just so many guys that are mixing and matching and putting all over the defensive line, getting very creative in how they are attacking the pocket. And Arden Key seems to be having an incredible stretch of, of this season. So really wanted to shout him out. There were multiple times when I was watching that broadcast live that I was like, whoa, you know, you're looking at a defensive lineman. You're saying, okay, Trayvon Walker's going to make a difference or Josh Allen's going to make a difference. And I kept looking up and 49 was the guy making the plays. Arden Key was the guy who was in the quarterback's face. He was making life hell for Josh Jobs this past week. So how do you give Arden Key a shout out for dog of the week? I, I, you know, the key thing, obviously such a great, you know, I think sophomore season at LSU, mm-hmm. put him on the board. Everyone was like, wow, this is the next great pass rusher. Ends up just not, there were some issues that, that season, the off season after where you're still at LSU and you come back as the same player, let's say, but we knew the talent was there. And I think, you know, you talked about his alignment, playing a lot inside, especially on pass rushdowns. started last year with 49ers like they used him in interesting ways and it's kind of carried over to this season you also have to add josh allen had a great day i think he had seven pressures as well mm-hmm. so aren't key josh allen jaguars defense coming alive at the right time yeah no doubt about it daniel shouting out aiden hutchinson again for a fantastic regular season finale hutchinson was awesome victor said you got to shout out kenny galladay for scoring his first touchdown as a giant in week 18 definitely do Sick need to do that too. what'd you say Sick. He caught it like he was like being draped. It's an incredible catch. He caught it with one hand. Incredible catch. Uh, James says, shout out to Tyler Algier. Got over the 1,000-yard mark on the season, which was awesome to see. Um, Fue Luacon for the Jags all over the field. Getting some votes for him as well. Uh, Kenny Pickett. We got a shout out from Logie. He's giving Kenny Pickett a shout out. Good game for Kenny Pickett. Good season. Good end of the season for Kenny Pickett, I think, as well, too. So that's just a nod to the end of the year. But uh, who's your third guy, Seth? Who's your third dog of the week? So my third dog of the week, Lions interior defensive lineman, Isaiah Bugs. Not having the greatest okay. season, however, big time game against the Packers. And what I really wanted to, to, to show out was early in the game, Packers get down to inside the 10-yard line and then back-to-back plays. They ran the football right at Bugs. He destroyed the center, made tackles in the backfield. That that held the Packers to a field goal. And in a game like that, that four-point swing basically um, almost won the Lions the game. So, and, and just a good good game overall. So you're seeing here, 80.2 run defense gauge, um, a lot of TFLs, run stops, dominating the center, like I said. Really good game from him, and it, and it, and it helped them win the game. Love it. I love when we give shout-out to guys who aren't having obvious, incredible seasons, but have really impactful weeks. And I think Isaiah Bugs is a great example of that. I'm curious to see if anybody in the chat can echo that. My last one, uh, this guy has been a dog of the week. Like, it might just be four weeks in a row right now. How do I not say George Kittle? George Kittle, since week 15, has been unbelievable. He has a 92.5 receiving grade, which is the best in the NFL. This is over the last four weeks. 265 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. Since week 15, four-game touchdown streak, and he's had two TDs in three out of the four of those games. Brock Purdy has unlocked George Kittle back into this passing offense. And and when you throw George Kittle in with Brandon Ayuk, with Debo Samuel when he's healthy, with certainly with what Christian McCaffrey is doing, that's a ton of different offensive weapons that you absolutely love. Jawan Jennings, too, wanted to shout him out. Like It just, that Seahawks offense and that Seahawks team in general feels like the scariest team in the NFC. 
And I think a big reason why is because every time they get down into the red zone, every time they get close to the goal line, they know that they are getting seven more than three. George Kittle is a massive reason why. When you can have that much success in the red area, you got to get a dog of the week shout out. I, I know that we've talked about him so many times on this show, but how do we not give him this honor once again? So I'm going to say George Kittle. I have a bonus dog of the week. Okay. We started our flag football season this weekend. Not nice. Not are you playing or coaching? You playing or coaching? I'm playing, playing. Okay. He's um, gonna give it to himself. We're playing co ed. Okay. And our quarterback, she is making her debut playing co ed. Played a lot on the woman's side, but co first time playing co ed. Yes. Starting quarterback, first game, Maud Lacasse, seventeen for twenty one, one eighty one, six touchdowns and a pick. And the pick was my fault. So were you the receiver? Yeah, I, I broke my right off too early thinking um, she was going to notice it and would it throw me open, but it was my fault. Mm. Taking blame, taking responsibility, that's important too, but hell of a stat line. Love yeah. to hear it. Did you guys win? You got the win, right? Come on. Yeah, we, it was uh, 38-14, I think. Okay, all right. So, it was a, so, you, so you missed Georgia TCU because you had your own Georgia TCU that was going on is what you're saying. Yeah, I did my best Brock Bowers impersonation on the field yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know about any of that, but uh, I love the shout-out. I love the personal shout-out, getting the personal life shout-out for, uh, for, uh, for, for Dog of the Week here. All right. I love this segment, and I'm so glad that we have Seth here to do it with us. It's Tripper Skip, baby. We're taking a look at some of the, the NFL's fashion statements going into their week 18 games seth i don't know if you've seen this on the show or how much soft has let you know but we're going to pick out i don't know anywhere from eight to ten different pictures and you've got to let us know the fashion icon that you are you've got to let us know whether it's a drip or skip sound good yeah no i, I you've 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 hung out with me yeah so much Dude. and i appreciate uh, you calling me a fashion icon. You can see it. You have the vision. Yeah. Just, so there's, there just, there's, just, there's just a lot of leather, you know, every time. <laughs> there's just a lot of like it's, things it's, that it's I don't think could chaps. work. You know, I, I, yeah, yeah I, don't think, I don't think they could work. And then Seth wears it. And I'm like, damn, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess it can. So, all right, let's get into it. Quinn, who's the first one we got this week? Uh, we got a lot of them this week. I believe we have 10. First one is Devontae Smith. Okay. All right. So we're going to show these on the screen. Chat, you got to let us know as well. Is this drip or skip? Oh. Seth, this is drip. This is drip. This is an easy one. We're starting off easy here. It's it's drip. I'm not a big fedora guy, but he pulls it off. I do like once in a while the turtleneck under the blazer. Yes. And it's and it's a good it's a good look. Um, you know the um, the contrast between the the tweed I guess that is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm making up mm -hmm. words here. The tweed <laughs> and the cream. A turtleneck, I think it's great look. Also, a great receiver. So, drip. That's true. That's true. You, I think. I think the the confidence of the game has to go into the fashion statement. I think the colors worked out very well. Devonte Smith has been ahead of the curve when it comes to fashion statements as as young NFL wide receivers getting into you know who they're going to be fashion wise throughout the league. So, Devonte Smith, uh, definitely a drip there. He's had multiple drips throughout the season. Who's next? Who we got next? Speaking of turtlenecks. It's Joe oh. Burrow. Oh, I was about to say, Burrow did the same thing. Burrow did the same thing this weekend. You know what? I always, 
Burrow's got great style, okay? Burrow has really great style. I The glasses always throw me off with Burrow. I cannot get behind the glasses. Always throw me off. Seth, what do we think? People on Twitter have been saying that Joe Burrow has uh, the style of, of a lesbian. And once you <laughs> see it, you can't unsee it anymore. And so, so because of that, it's drip, obviously. Which, I mean, it was always going to be drip. I really just wanted to know, can you get down with the sunglasses? Well, I, no. yeah, the sunglasses, um, I've never been super into those look like super villain sunglasses the almost like morbius sunglasses yeah. but uh um, so besides that but other than that the look is fine those look like doc ock sungla sunglasses from spider-man i'm trying i'm trying to like google this very quickly yeah they do you mean these glasses look at wow oh come on wow Absolutely. Wow. I want to see. Chat, see, let me know. Is Quinn right now? Is Quinn right now drip or skip? Chat, let us know. I got these for the uh, postseason run last year as a gift. Yeah, you had to. I mean, they were lucky. You it had worked. to. That Burrow, is. Burrow, if you're watching, you got you to gotta show up with a Costco sweater next. Yeah, you got to step it up. You got to <laughs> step it up. Uncle Dusty says Quinn drip. <laughs> Thanks, Dusty. Appreciate it. All right, what's the next one? I can't wait to see what the chat says about uh, this. Who's next? Looks like we got Tyler Smith. Okay. Drake saying Quinn looking fine as hell in there. <laughs> All right, tracksuit season. Oh, so Tyler Smith's on the left, right? I mean, he's got to be on the left. Correct? Correct. I couldn't pull it off. Couldn't do it. I, but I, respect I tried as a youth. To yeah. do the whole tracksuit thing, oh, like the you? matching tracksuit, and it never worked for me. It's working for him though. I think. He and here, it so here, here's here's the key here: vertical line versus horizontal line. Vertical line paired with the horizontal line. So vertical line on the bottom, mm. the stripes, right, and then the horizontal on top. I think that's what makes it go. Yeah, that's a great point. That's why you're here. That's We're saying drip. That's why Seth sounds. For him, it's a drip. I got to give it to him. It's a clean look. Anytime you are you on anytime you are like that coordinated, it's hard to mess it up for me. I've I've never done the tracksuit thing. Uh, at least I don't I don't think like I would do the the like you go to like Under Armour or Nike and you'd buy like a matching sweater or hoodie with the same color like sweatpants or whatever, and so you're like monochromatic like that. I do that, but I don't do the the I I don't think I've ever tried it tracksuit like same same style tracksuit so we're giving it a drip though. we're using a lot of words that that i've never used in public before this is this is monochromatic this. horizontal stripes That's what, you've never you've never used the words horizontal stripes before <laughs> never said it before all right what's next what do we got next speaking of uh monochromatic yes check out uh david bakhtiari okay i didn't read it that might be a costco fit Right there. I mean, that, just, that's just black sweatpants, black. And it's literally what I wear on Saturdays, every yeah, Saturday. Like, Probably the it. simplest dripper skip we had. I love, I, I, just, I love the innocent, just like, you know, just like the wave too. I, I got, I got nothing on this one because, like you said, this I can't. If I skip this one, then I'm skipping my entire, right, right. my entire wardrobe. So it don't have to be drip. It has it's to be. be a, it has to be a Saturday walk in the dog drip. Everybody's out here skipping this one. Were they skipping the the other one? 
Yeah, they're skipping the other one. This okay, one is so definitely skipping the a other one. James saying skip. James, I'd like to see your closet, my guy. Everybody seems to love this one, honestly. You have to. You have to. If you're walking out, if you've ever, at any point, walked out of your house, you've been wearing this exact fit. Dark hoodie, dark sweater, dark pants, white shoes. Yeah. Half the drip. I, have to give it a drip. That's my going to get the mail look. Yeah, exactly. And it's clean. Yeah, it is. It is, you know? Uh, who's next? Who we got next? This one's crazy. LaVisca Chenault. I didn't Check see this, this out. What's... Oh. Wow. All right. I, I love Seth's faith there. <laughs> well, because Seth's I was fun. like, okay... So here's the thing. I will say that the the pants, the style of pants he's wearing, and the shoes, the like the bulky shoe trend, not super into that. No. And the pants being like, you know, nineteen like two thousand three emo style, like not into that. However, however, the cardigan, no undershirt. No undershirt. I could get into that. I'd have to do a lot more chest presses, but once I get there, I'm going to do it. I just want to say, I could never pull this off. He does. So I think for LaVisca, I have to give it a drip, but I don't know if there's a single thing he's wearing that I could even remotely pull off. Personally, it's a skip. I know where I am. I know my limitations. I know my I fashion boundaries. I'm going to come in tomorrow and just wear this exact fit. I, I'm also thinking about cardigans yeah. in the future. Not like this, but like just in general. Like getting, I'm like thinking about more them. into cardigans. They're on, they're on my brain. Like you're saying you getting more into cardigans. Yes. Okay. Yes. The three things that I'm thinking about. They're they're bubbling around in here. Uh -huh. Cardigans, yes. Vests, not like like winter vests, right? Like you wear outside. Overalls. Could I pull off overalls in the summer? No. I asked the chat this. No. Okay, that's the answer. No. Chat, you don't have to answer anymore. No. I I also don't know what are. I also don't know who pulls off overalls. You know. Well, we're gonna see. We're gonna we're gonna Mike try. Renner. We're gonna see if I can be the first person to. But do like, it. Mike doesn't pull off overalls. He just he would just wear. No, it. but I have seen Mike wear overalls. Same, same. Have have seen that. Okay. All right. Maybe maybe Mike needs to show up tomorrow wearing overalls. Uh, who's next? Who do we got next? Uh, sticking with the Panthers, we're going Frankie Louvu. Okay. All right. Ooh, the suit. But it's like, it's the short suit. Never been down I, with these. I don't do the, the short, I I like the pantsuit short, the, the whatever you want to call them, yeah. short suits. Yeah, I, I can't do it's this just one. never been my thing, so. But it's to show, it's to show off the, the, the leg sleeve. Yeah, I, 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 I know what he's doing. I respect what he's doing. But I gotta give it, I gotta give it a skip. I gotta give it a skip. I actually, yeah, a skip I actually like the color of the suit. And if it was just, if it yeah. was if it was pants instead of shorts, I think I'd be in, but I'm not. Can't do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, it it, it, it's good. The, the 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 color is good. I would love to wear a color like that. We've got all right. So there's a bunch of drips in a row for this one. 
And then there are a bunch of people who are saying that a short suit is a hard skip. Yeah. Jack saying easy skip. Michael saying skip because of the no shirt. Again, I probably couldn't pull it off, but there, are, you know, NFL players can pull off the no shirt. And then the if you if you got if you do enough, like I said, you do enough bench pressing, right? You could pull off the no undershirt. Yeah, you can. You can just religious bench pressing. All right, who's next? A uh, guy that's been on this list several times, DK Metcalf. Oh boy. Okay. Dude on the left? Yeah. Well, DK's obviously not on the right, Trev, you idiot. Um, <laughs> this, is a, this, this is a drip. I love that there that it looks like uh, Pete Carroll and DK are wearing the same type of pants. So I'll say this to me is, is a drip 100%. I want to look like this. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like this is this is this is the type of you know, you could pull this off as a non-NFL player. Yeah. I yeah. I agree. I think it's got to be a drip. Think. I first of all, I need more color in my life, and this is a very nice. Um, I don't know what they call, they call this action green or something. Uh, the, um, chat, the chat will tell you that I don't own a shirt that's not a neutral color, which is almost entirely true. Not completely true. Throwback to when we had the Luvu thing. Someone said, uh, "No shit, you like the color of the suit? It's gray." Speaking about you, Trevor, and I was losing it. Yes. <laughs> I do love neutral colors. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. They're just very simple. They're playing. They're clean. I like neutral colors. Um, normal Saturday drip outfit. Zach and DK Metcalf doing the same thing on a Saturday. Yeah. Can we talk about Pete Carroll for a sec, real quick? Because Jim Harbaugh always gets hated on for, for wearing the same thing, like the khakis with like a team issue uh -huh. sweatshirt. Jim, uh, Pete Carroll wears the same thing, and no one ever talks about that. I mean, not that there's anything well, wrong with that, but he's always wait khakis, a minute now, dad buddy. shoes, team issue. Wait a minute now. Uh -huh. Pete Carroll wore a hat on the sideline today for only the second time in his career. Oh, he did wear a hat. I, so, I noticed that. He did wear a hat. Do your research, buddy. Wow. Calling him You're out. the one coming up with these questions every day for the for the show, and for you don't even do research time. on hat attire. How can we trust you? That's Ooh. a fair point. Damn. <laughs> maybe I, maybe we'll get Pete Carroll on next week since he's in the postseason. <laughs> All right, let's go. we got to go rapid fire on these last three. James Houston. Okay. Your guy. Our guy. Oh, so James, top right. Top right in this one. Yeah, emphasis on the on the gloves. Mm. No, it's a drip. To, to quote the chat, I'm wearing the, like, the same color shirt. It's just this color all the way everywhere. Monochromatic yeah, I mean, monochrome, stuff. We're kind of into monochrome yep. cream. Yep, yep, yep. The, glo the gloves are interesting. I think wearing the, picking it's, out the, the the white gloves, I think make it make it pop a little bit more, even though it's monochrome, but uh, I think it makes it pop. Obviously just because generally those like, those type of gloves are gonna be, be in black. So going out of, of your way, like no one, no one, no one just like sitting there, no one like us, no, no, no casuals like us. Sure, right. Are wearing that color gloves like where it's black gloves like yes. I live I live in a place where it snows all the time mm -hmm. it's black gloves so shout do out you, the way do gloves. you own any other color gloves or just black gloves no I've never owned anything but black gloves wow. okay no that's a great statement I agree I think it's I think it's drip all right who's next uh, CJ Gardner Johnson okay that's good analysis there Steph that's great analysis <laughs> I uh, oh, I can't do I had it. A fashion blog once upon a time. So. I can't do it. I can't do it. 
Jalen's is sick to the left. Jalen's with the, playing his first game back from injury and he's wearing the Michael Jordan, the I'm back shirt. That's sick. I can't do I can't do CJ's. I can't do it. Nope. Yeah, CJ uh, is a lot. You know, the, the monochrome stuff, and this I guess this isn't monochrome because it's not one color, but at the same time, it's the same pattern. And that yeah, the flowers just, I, I don't even know what they are. They fly they look like poppies. Um, they're like sunflowers? No, they're not. Sunflower, yeah. I don't think they're sunflowers. They might not even be flowers. They might just be like shapes, but it's all the same shape. They're just different sizes. I just can't do I, it. It's too busy. What, what too are our thoughts on the, the the bag? Like as an accessory? Well, I like the bag as an accessory. Yeah, I, I do too. I think I should start doing that as well. Yeah. Both of us um, are backpack people. I, I know I, that's from our, my time in Cincinnati. Backpack's just a lot easier, especially when going like to and from work. A backpack is easier to like fit the things that I feel like I need to have in there. Um, but like sometimes when I will fly, sometimes I certainly still have a backpack because I'm stuffing a lot of stuff in there if I'm flying. But like there have been a handful of times where like I'll fly with, you know, like a bag or a briefcase or something like that. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's kind of cool. I actually like this fashion statement. So maybe that'll be what we do more in 2023. Me and you, we're just, we just be like, you know, bag people, less backpack people. All right. Last one. All right, I know we said that we weren't going to get into the uh, national championship game last night, but uh -huh. we had to throw this on here. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw Broderick Jones, his pregame fit. I did not. Did Check not. it out. Yeah, it's trip. I mean, yeah, it's trip. That's trip. the, um, it the... looks like the scarecrow mask from Batman Begins. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so if that's the case, then I, then it's drip for sure. I don't want to know how much he paid for that. I don't. I really don't. But it is drip. He looks intimidating. He looks extremely intimidating. That's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot to handle here. I'm not lining up across from him. No, of course not. No, no can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Wouldn't do it. Then that's what makes it yeah. Great. Someone in the chat said he looks more like a mummy than the scarecrow, so I that's uh, maybe a little bit. changes my opinion a bit, but yeah, okay. Now, nah, James is right, the level of confidence that makes it a drip, and I agree. I agree. We're going, we're officially going drip, we're going drip here. All right, uh, I've got to get out of here in a couple minutes, running up against the wall. But uh, Seth, while we got you on, I want to know your favorite wild card round bet for this upcoming weekend. What do you got? I hate to do this. I really hate to do this. It goes against everything in my my whole being, and it's gonna make you happy, which even makes it worse. So I, I said Bucks money line. You know, Steve, two, Steve, like, Steve won said the last, yesterday. Um, Steve said yesterday. They won favorite. the last two seasons against the Cowboys. Kind of dominated them. I know Dak got injured and like midway through the week one game, though he wasn't playing well to begin the game. With that said, like the Cowboys have played exceptionally well since Dak has returned up until Sunday, but at home, the Bucks, they're still a good roster. I know I, I don't want to believe in this team anymore, but it's hard not to because of the, the names on the paper. Mm -hmm. um, so Bucks money line, I think is the way to go, or, or even just Bucks plus three. I mean, that's, that's the bet. That's why you're a good friend. 
even when you don't want to be. Dude, Steve said yesterday on the show his favorite long shot bet was Bucks plus 2,500 to win the Super Bowl. So we're on back-to-back where the guests are picking the Bucks in the playoffs. And uh, all I'll say is you guys have a lot more faith than I do because I wouldn't be touching any bet with the Buccaneers with a 10-foot pole. Uh, my uh, favorite bet that I like is the New York Giants plus three at Minnesota. I think this is a legit... Uh, opportunity for the Giants to upset Minnesota on the road. This was a close matchup last time. It took a last-second field goal for the Vi- for the Vikings to win it. I think it's going to be back and forth the whole time. So with the Giants getting three in this one, I got some confidence in it. This is one of these road teams that's getting points that I really do believe can upset this weekend. So I got uh, I got the Giants. Um, let's get a let's get the answer to the question of the day before we get out of here. How many under 500 playoff teams? have there been in NFL history? It seemed like the chat was landing on six. And I think the chat maybe is more confident than we are. So let's go five then. You want to go five? So we're different than the chat? So it's like, yeah, it's it's between, we have three for sure. Yep. So between three and six, let's say. So five makes sense. Okay, we're going to go, we're going to go with five. Our final answer is going to be five here. I think the, the chat's final answer was six. Quinn, what is the final answer? Those are some great guesses. It was six. So, okay, it was six. 82 Browns, 82 Lions, uh, 2010 Seahawks, which you guys got. The Panthers, I think you guys shouted out in 2014. Yep. Uh, the Commanders in 2020, and then obviously the Bucks this year. I thought there would have been more, honestly. Yeah, I mean, six. for there to be almost 30 years with no under 500 team making the playoffs – little surprising well not a lot of playoff spots in the nfl up until two years ago that's a very good point too that should have factored that in but i mean i was was happy with our guess jason said another another l get out you will you guys will you guys calm down you guys calm down over there do we have a chat champ for the day who we got chat champ yes we do it's coltrane first one to get the question of the day right right on it too it was incredible congratulations Shout out Coltrane. Cole's always in the chat, um, making things lively, getting in on discussions. Logie said, Trev's got to retire from trivia at this point. Absolutely not. You wish. We're coming back for revenge on Thursday. I'm going to be here, ready for it, leading the charge. Seth, thank you so much for joining me, man. This is a lot of fun. I hope you had some fun too, but uh, this is great. Always enjoy getting to chop it up a little bit with you, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. All right, shout out everybody who was in the chat who watched the show. Got on in some got in on some great discussions that we had today. We'll be back tomorrow. Mike Renner, we believe, will be back tomorrow. So you guys can ask Renner where he was, because I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you where he was. You can ask him yourself and he'll answer it live on the show. But we will be here eleven AM. I'm Trevor Sigma. That's Seth Galena for everybody in the production portal. We'll see you guys tomorrow when it's just football. Have a good time until then. See ya. It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. 